0: Welcome to Wellspring on the air. I'm Lindsay Steffen a therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show on kids and teens and screen time. So we're going to talk about screen time and how to deal with that, especially I think this is a tough topic anyway. Parents are always wondering, how can I get my kids to do other things besides just be playing video games on their phone, whatever. But especially after the pandemic, I think there's probably been an increase in, you know, the time at home and then on our screens. So we're going to talk with Liz T. I'm here with her, Liz Tachichel, one of our therapists and supervisors. We're going to talk about kids and teens and how to help them put their screens down. So thank you for being here today, Liz. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started?
1: Sure. I've been a therapist for 30 years, and I specialize in family and children, which is my passion. Um, I specialize in divorce intervention, anxiety, depression. I do EMDR therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so I've been very blessed to have many years of experience. And uh, this is one topic that I know is very concerning for parents. Yeah. So I wanted to dive into it today so to make sure that I can share a lot of the tools that are out there to help you know, parents navigate these waters, these new waters that we're in today.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think, yeah, I, I get this question a lot as someone who works with teens, like how do I get them away from their phone? So hopefully we'll have some useful strategies today for our parents or even grandparents, uncles, aunts, whoever's listening today. Um, so yeah, after this year, we've had such heavy screen time So why do you think it's important to help our children and teens actually put their screens down? What's the benefit to that? So,
1: Lindsay, screens are not really essentially good or bad. Uh, It's what they are being used for nowadays and what they're replacing that really matters. Okay. Um, So in this past year, you know, it's been great during this pandemic in terms of that it's made things, a lot of things possible for families and children like education, communication, it's been very important for getting people you know, through these long periods of isolation. I don't think we could have done without it. Mm-hmm. We'd be pulling our hairs, you know? Yeah. Um, so we've really been able to survive, you know, thanks to our screens, right? Yeah. Um, but during this pandemic, allowing more screen time has not been a choice for families. It's been a, really a necessity. Right. Um, so screens have been used to stay in touch with family members. You know, when little kids are born, babies are born, yeah. you know, we can show our little babies to our grandparents. And that's been a true joy, um, you know, and be able to give kids interaction with their friends, if not otherwise, yeah. So
0: some parents did almost like little play dates, but on Zoom, so they could somehow play games with each other on the computer. And I know a lot of my teens have played video games with their friends and you have a headset and you can talk to each other. And it's been like a social outlet with this time. Exactly, in that
1: sense, it's been truly a blessing, yeah and um experts initially agreed it was not the time to stress out you know to stress out over screen time okay. uh during this past year just to kind of go easy on ourselves do the best that we could you know okay um yeah so but many students have learned well online but unfortunately some students have not um mm. so I'm really grateful that Miami's going to be opening up their doors this fall for all students yeah to to School, because there's nothing like being in person with professional, talented teachers face to face. So I'm really glad that that's going to be happening soon.
0: Yeah. And that is, I mean, to think of that impact, we're already on our phones a lot, you know, teens are on their phones, texting, doing whatever, playing roadblocks. I don't know all I learned from my teens. What's cool, but they, yeah, they've been on school all day online. And I think i've gotten you see adolescence as well but i've had so many teens coming with depression and anxiety and i know there's many components to that the isolation all of these different things the stress of knowing something big is going on but for sure i think just sitting at home all day not moving even just moving from class to class talking with your friends those are the parts of the day that they love. So now that's just been online, the school side with really none of the social payoff that I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the main
1: reason it's important to help our children and teens put down their screens is because this digital age that we're in today has hijacked three of their basic human drives. Okay. Well, I would say three of our basic human drives, right?
0: So as parents,
1: we need to help return them to these three basic human drives. The first one is the child's need for social connection. Hmm. The second one is their need to explore and discover new things. Okay. And the third one is their need for experiences.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's kind of from even that little age of exploration and play and learning through imagination. I mean... That kind of, it does continue in different ways through the teen years, but they're losing a lot of that, like hands-on and learning through experience. It's just staring at the screen.
1: Exactly, yeah. And too much screen time, Lindsay, can hijack our children's communication and their self-esteem. That's the scary part. Yeah. Right? And so there's tendencies for certain apps that are easier for our children to get in trouble and sucked into. Yeah. One that I have in mind, Lindsay, is Instagram okay yeah Yeah. and so in this app it's hard to not compare yourself with others
0: yep I have a lot of girls coming in and we're working on eating issues but they follow all these instagram influencers who are I mean the pictures are you you pose a certain way the right lighting photoshop it's not even all real but that's who they're comparing to and needing to look like I see a lot of danger there and also Snapchat that's still around and your messages and pictures are quote unquote erased, but people can screenshot them. And I think that's something I know a lot of my teens I've worked with have used to, you know, their parents check their texts, but they don't check Snapchat. They're not able to. So you can be talking to whoever saying whatever.
1: Yeah. And that stays online forever, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. 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 So these chats that we've talked about, right, the Instagram, the Snapchat, it really creates a connect, disconnect. Right. Yeah. So when you're using it, when the kids are using this app, they initially feel really connected with their friends and they actually feel closer to them. Right. Right. Initially, right. However, our children or teens are inside a room with each other looking at their phones and all of a sudden the people outside the room will be more important than the people inside the room.
0: Yep. Right. I've had, yeah. I've had people come to therapy saying that my best friend's always on her phone when we're together, you know, cause it's almost like that addiction piece where you're with someone, but you can't disconnect enough from what you're doing on your phone to be present with the person. Yes. Yes.
1: And phones are killing empathy. Mm. And we're so caught up with our own lives. We don't even notice the people next to us. So there's been a lot of plenty of research studies that have shown that screen time is affecting children and teens' ability to recognize facial expressions. So we have to put an emoji down to describe how we feel, right? We can't read social news anymore. So it's a perfect storm for lack of empathy. It really is,
0: yeah. I've heard stories of people who, you know, someone's getting beat up and everyone pulls out their phone to record it, recording it like it's a a show or something to see put on YouTube instead of maybe intervening or, you know, getting help or trying to step in. And I think that's crazy. I mean, it it didn't used to be that way for sure. It's almost like, oh, this is going to be, you know, go viral online. And you're not thinking of what's actually happening in front of you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, and I know what you were saying about um, this, the social aspect, and I've had a lot of teens come for social anxiety through the Mm -hmm. pandemic, going back into school, also just when they do hang out with their friends on weekends or whatever, as things get better, there's been a lot of social anxiety and insecurity, like you were saying, because we're just lacking actual interaction and Mm -hmm. the technology doesn't replace that for sure. So all so. right, well, let's give parents some strategies to manage screen time. Oh, so. this, is, this is my favorite part. Okay, great. <laughs> give us the practical. <laughs> I
1: love this part, right? Okay, so the best piece of advice that I have for parents is don't overreact. We need to turn our overreaction into interaction. Okay. So the reason why I say this is because unfortunately there's a mental health crisis in our country. Mm-hmm. And we need to figure out what we can do about this, right? Suicide and depression are up. Yeah. And it, a lot of times they blame it on screen time. But the most important thing they found was the impact of social media, especially on girls. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So let's not flip out over video games and Netflix, right? Some families create a lot of conflict around these two things. Okay. But the conflict is sometimes more harmful than the screen time that the kids are experiencing okay. yeah
0: so i would encourage
1: yeah. yeah i would encourage parents to pay more specific attention to how social media to how much social media their daughters are watching basically
0: okay that's yeah, how, yeah how that's much they're need. scrolling instagram watching these videos pictures yeah Yes, a lot of comparison coming from that, which does bring the anxiety, depression, and yeah, eventually suicidal thoughts. That's It seems extreme when you say it, but clinically, that's what we see. It's not that um, far of a stretch. If you're constantly comparing and feeling negatively towards yourself daily, that type of depression can bring really serious consequences.
1: Yes, and the more time kids spend on social media, the more depressed they get. Yeah yeah so researchers recommend only one hour or two tops a day wow okay social media okay yeah Yeah. because i know i know that right now they're doing zoom you know for seven eight hours a day right academic piece right but in addition to that i mean we're not counting those six or eight hours whatever but they're recommending only one or two hours in addition to that of being online
0: that actually still sounds like a lot to me, but when you compare, I guess what they're doing, they're on it probably six hours. They stay yeah. up till 2 a.m. on it with, you know, chatting or whatever, looking through pictures. So, okay. So that's good news for any teens listening. We're not taking away social media completely, <laughs> but just, yeah, paring it down to an hour or two.
1: Yeah, so in Instagram, there can be more harm than good in this app. That's something to really remember, okay? better, okay. Okay, the other thing we need to rethink when to give our children a smartphone. I came across a really interesting movement. It's called Wait Until Eight. I'm not sure if you heard about it, Lindsay.
0: No, no, tell us about
1: no. it. Okay, it's Okay. This website offers resources and digital training. And they also have a Wait Until Eight pledge. that impo- And actually they do this pledge when their kids are in kindergarten, when they're five years old. Wow. Okay. Right? And they do it with other parents. So if you get a classroom, right, of kindergarten parents, you get them all together and you do this pledge together as a classroom. Okay. Or, you know, you get your little social network to do this. So this pledge empowers parents to rally together to delay giving children their smartphone until eighth grade.
0: Oh, that's so good. Okay. Yes. That would be amazing. Because, yeah, you see fourth, fifth graders or smaller, like, what do you need a phone for? You're with your mom if you're not at school school, but yeah. And they're on it, you know, exposed to so much and getting addicted already and starting the comparison game.
1: Yes. So by banding together, this will decrease the pressure felt by kids and parents over the kids having a phone.
0: Awesome. that's Right. If everyone has it and you don't, you do feel left out. So if if no one has it, then no one's left out. That's amazing. I I wish
1: I would have had this upper, you know, this resource when my kids were young, you know, right. So the Silicon Valley executives are saying no to their smartphone to their kids until 14 years old. Wow, okay. Yes. So while these teenagers can make calls and text, they are not giving a data plan until they're 16 years old. Okay. So if leaders of digital giant giants like Google, eBay, Apple, and Yahoo are delaying the start smartphones, so shouldn't we be doing the same with our kids?
0: Right. Cause they must know right. something, right. They know yes. that this is not good for our kids. And so I think that's a great example. Okay. Yes. Well, you know what, Liz, we're going to take a short break, but we're going to sure. be right back and talk through a lot more of this. So thanks for being here. And I'm Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the air and we'll be right back welcome back to wellspring on the air this is lindsay stefan if you're just joining our show our topic today is screen time with our kids and teens so so far we've talked through why is it important for our kids and teens to put down their screens and we've been talking through some strategies i'm here with liz Tachichell, and she has already shared some awesome strategies for parents how to manage screen time so for the sake of time i know you have a lot of info to share let's dive right back in so What are some more strategies for parents?
1: Okay, so other ideas for parents. I recommend a really good book that that parents can read with their children. It's called Teen's Guide to -to Face-to-Face Connections in a Screen-to-Screen World, 40 Tips to a Meaningful Communication by Jonathan and Elisa McKee. This is probably one of the best books that I've read so far in this. So that's the first thing I recommend. Now, after you read that book and your teenager, um, well, after the parent reads the book, the parent can create a phone contract and you can tell your child, if you are done reading the chapter about privacy settings and done reading the chapter about who you are befriending, then you can have your phone back. Right. Okay. So, now we, so <laughs> now we have kids educating themselves and empowering them themselves. Right. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I recommend as an experiment is for parents to um, have their kids bl- have black and white screens on their children's phones. Okay, experts say that when your smartphone is in black and white versus color you're less drawn to it. So try grayscale for a week to see how it changes your child's phone habits you'd have to just go to settings accessibility display and text size, then you go to color
0: filters and you select the grayscale. So interesting. I didn't yes. know that you could even do that. Okay. And we can do
1: that for ourselves. So we won't spend too much time on it ourselves too. <laughs>
0: yeah. These strategies for our kids are good for us too. We all know exactly. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And the next thing is block certain apps or give screen time limits. Now in focus on the family, they have a really good website called Plugged In, and it can help parents decide which apps are appropriate. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really, really helpful. Um, then no social media apps as long as you can. Yeah. No rush, no rush.
0: (laughs) Right. And I do, some of my parents I work with, they actually, they manage the Instagram. So they have the password and login, and then they give it to their kid to maybe post something they're on vacation, whatever. But then it's not an app they have on their phone, which I know would be a fight in a lot of families. Yeah. But again, it's kind of, it's actually keeping you know, some control of that, which is normal. And okay, I think the norm right now is so loose and so liberal that oh, your kids can do whatever they want on their phone, it's their phone, their privacy. But as counselors, we see a lot of damage that that can do and the wrong people we talk to. And-
1: exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the other one is no tech at the table, right? Um, no tech zones. So you could create like a no tech Tuesday, for example, right? Yeah. So, and once you do that, right, you set that rule, you create a pocket chart for home. So on tech Tuesdays, our children can park their phones in their designated numbered pouch, and then you retrieve them the following day. Wow.
0: Okay. That's a cool idea.
1: If you have have a lot of kids in the family, four or five kids, that's perfect. Everybody has their little number and they put, they know where to put their their phone in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Some parents will do that for nighttime as well. Like, okay, after 8 PM, no phones, including the parents which I think is a good practice because you're leading by example and we're more present we know that you know
1: exactly exactly yeah. and then of course get the kids out of the signal distance go water skiing hiking you know just get out there right be creative so another way to be creative is consider subscribing to Together Unplugged Okay. I don't know if you've heard about it Lindsay
0: Mm -mm, no tell us more
1: okay so it's this is to receive a monthly box packed with activities and resources to help us play with our kids create learn goal set laugh and team build with them because you know how difficult it is to come up with ideas every day
0: yeah right (laughs) (laughs) it is to kind of be you're having to be the creative babysitter in a way but they you know, they come in and have all these fun ideas, but you're doing the laundry and cleaning up the mess and you didn't have that brainstorm time. So that's somebody else, somebody else does the creative brainstorming for you. Yes, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So having the connection, if you have that connection with your kids, they don't have to go elsewhere to try and find it. Exactly. Exactly. And then watch the Netflix shows with your child and your teen
1: and talk about the movie afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right a lot of times we're like you can't watch that because of this and this and that well even though there's things that make us uncomfortable let's go ahead and sit down and watch it with our kids especially yeah. our teenagers so to open that opportunity for dialogue
0: I like that because they are exposed to a lot anyway but in that moment you can actually like dialogue about it and you know I- go into what you think, what they think, and kind of build more of that bond with them instead of just saying, oh, no, that's bad. Don't look at that. Don't I mean, probably at school, they're hearing it anyway. Yes, yes. And then, you know, and a
1: lot of us are terrified of being bored. But one of the best things we can do as parents is to be able to allow them to be bored.
0: right?
1: Because it helps nurture their child's their neural development. Hmm. Right. And that's an opportunity for them to be creative. So that's, that's definitely a, a thing that I've always encouraged parents to do.
0: Okay, very good. Well, I wonder if we want to move on to just how do we open those doors of dialogue with our kids? Any ideas there?
1: Yeah, so sit down with your child to play video games with them. You can use that one hour video game to chat. You know, our instinct as parents is always to say, put that stupid thing away. Mm, Okay. So instead of saying that, we can say, hey, what are you watching? Is it fun? So the Journal of Pediatrics recommends that we co view with our kids. Okay. Yeah. And as parents, we're also spending a lot more time in front of our TVs as parents. Oh, for sure. We need to look, yeah. We need to look for ways to communicate with them, look for opportunities to maybe when we're carpooling, our kids are sitting in the back, talking to their friends. We're listening to their conversation and it could be talking points, right? Mm. You can bring this up later on and, and, and bring up something that they mentioned during the car ride. Yeah. Um, make it a point to go to their rooms to say goodnight every night. Because some parents will be sitting downstairs and they'll scream goodnight, you know, to their kids while they're watching TV. But if you make it a habit to walk into their rooms every night, eventually they might open up to you.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. moment when, yeah, they maybe are looking for advice or comfort and feel maybe that it's okay to be vulnerable and we're missing out if we don't have that time at the dinner table or at night before bed in the car. That's great kind of time you're quote unquote stuck together your kids can't get (laughs) away from you but who knows those can become some of their favorite memories if that's yeah I always remember talking to dad or mom driving me to school something like that exactly okay so any ideas just with the initial it's hard to get your kids away from technology I think that first kind of detoxing period is probably the worst so any ideas how we can help parents pull their kids away yeah, so instead of
1: saying put that phone away, maybe we can start making some cookies in the kitchen, right? And all of a sudden, it kind of draws the kids into the kitchen. And before you know it, we're all making cookies. We're putting our hands in the cookie dough, right? Yeah. Spending some time together. Kids really crave communication. Yeah. Um, get kids into service, right, as early as possible. Yeah. Serving as a family can be really powerful. To con- you know, it's a time to connect with each other. I love that. While our phones are out.
0: Yeah. I see families at my church who do the, um, they wave the cars in, help with parking and it's the two kids and their parents. I think that's so cool because they're learning early by example, you know, that helping others, that's something we do in our family. That's a good thing. And we create memories. Yeah, Yeah. Mm okay, awesome. Well, any other recommendations from the American Academy of Pediatrics? You've already thrown out some good stuff for us, but anything else you want to share?
1: Yeah. So they say that for children under 18 months, we need to avoid screen-based media, except video chatting. Okay. For children, 18 months to 24 months, parents should choose high quality programming and watch with their children. Okay. And then for children two to five, we need to limit screen time to one hour per day of high quality programming. Okay. And then for children six and up, we need to establish consistent limits on the time spent using media and the types of media
0: got it okay Mm -hmm. so that's helpful there's very clear things that are put out by the scientists and researchers so even look that up google if some of those stats you're driving and listening you couldn't write them down but yeah google the american academy of pediatrics and screen time and i'm sure these things will pop up for you okay Well, what about just in, you've given so much advice, but what's your best piece of advice for parents? (laughs) What's the golden nugget of the show today?
1: So some experts recommend a mindful approach to media. Simply banning screens can backfire. Okay. So in the book called Tech Generations, Raising Balanced Kids in a Hyperconnected World, the authors include a tool in their book called a family assessment of screen time or FAST which family members can use to gauge their feelings about screen time, their own feelings, and each other's feelings. So this tool is very similar to the American Academy of Pediatrics Family Media Use Plan, which I recommend for everybody, where parents and children five years and older negotiate limits and boundaries around screen usage.
0: Awesome. So your kids are involved in that negotiation. I think that's great. I do that with my parents when we're doing family counseling, the teen, what do they want the most? Screen time. Okay. But how do we make that a privilege? Something earned, you know, after homework, after this, whatever, after you've done your chores and then, yeah, you get that reward and you help them kind of say, you know, some of those limits or things that would be helpful. So I think it helps them have ownership again and feel some control which you and I know is great for our kids
1: yes and it's great to have an official contract with the child's signature and the parent's signature
0: yes I love that because they know exactly what's required of them so there's no gray area it's like it's in writing we've signed it and we know if you do this you get your phone so actually you're the one keeping you from getting your phone you know exactly what you need to do and that kind of puts the ball in their court yes
1: And then finally, parents should keep co-viewing media with their kids, like I mentioned earlier. So keeping an open line of communication around media helps protect kids when they run into dangerous content that they're not ready to see. Okay. Yeah. So a healthy, harmless relationship around media also makes it easier to enforce boundaries when it's required on your own.
0: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And again, everything you're talking about goes back to connection and bonds so that when If and when they encounter something, they feel comfortable to bring it to us and say, Hey, like this came up, you know, I felt uncomfortable or weird. What should I do? You want Mm -hmm. them to not feel like they have to hide it or something. Exactly. Okay. And then the
1: number one recommendation for parents is to spend time engaged with their kids. It's simple, it's good parenting and it promotes a healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I see that because the kids who are more connected, they don't have that need to find the outside connection so much and grasp for what we know, though, are kind of superficial connections anyway. It doesn't even scratch that itch. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So the big overall piece of advice is to connect with your kids and then they won't need their phone as much. And like you said, that's good, normal parenting.
1: And when when I talk to teenagers, they all tell me, the number one thing that makes them really sad is that they don't feel connected with their parents.
0: Yes, I have heard that so much over the years and even this week I heard it. And it's always surprising because people, teens get a bad reputation that they're just <laughs> you know, bratty and wanna do their own thing. I'm like, actually they're really sweet and they wanna connect with parents, but mm-hmm. sometimes they don't know how or parents maybe we're not using the right strategies on our end to connect. So, yes. okay. Well, very good. Thank you, Liz, so much for coming today and sharing all of this. I know that it will be so helpful to our listeners. And thank you to our listeners for joining in today and listening. Uh, If you joined midstream or missed part of the show, you can go to our blog page, wellspringmiami.org and find the show on screen time with your kids and teens. And if you would like to encourage us or drop a note, you can send any comments or questions to ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. So it's time to wrap up. This is Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the Air, because hearts and minds matter.